Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Sermons Podcast. My name's Stuart, I'm the Minister at St Ninian's in Stonehouse, which is in Scotland. We are a local ecumenical partnership between the Church of Scotland and the United Reformed Church and that means we reflect both traditions in our work and worship. So let's listen to our reading for this week and then get on to the sermon. Our Bible readings this morning come from Isaiah 49 verses 1 to 7 and John 1, 29 to 42. Bob is going to read these for us. So let us listen as we hear God's word which is read to us. Israel, a light to the nation. Listen to me, distant nations, you people who live far away. Before I was born, the Lord chose me and appointed me to, to his servant. He made his word as sharp as a sword. With his own hand, he protected me. He made me like an arrow, sharp and ready to use. He said to me, Israel, you are my servant. Because of you, people will praise me. I said, I have worked, but how hopeless it is. I have used up my strength, but have accomplished nothing. Yet I can trust the Lord to defend my cause. He will reward me for what I do. Before I was born, the Lord appointed me. He made me his servant to bring back his people, to bring back the scattered people of Israel. The Lord gives me honor. He is the source of my strength. The Lord said to me, I have a greater task for you, my servant. Not only will you restore to greatness the people of Israel who have survived, but will also make you the light to the nation so that all the world may be saved. Israel, holy God and Saviour says, to the one who is deeply despised, who is hated by the nations and is the servant of rulers, kings will see you released and you will rise to show their respect. Princess will also see it and they will bow low to honour you. This will happen because the Lord has chosen his servant. The holy God of Israel keeps his promise. Our second reading is from John, the Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I was talking about. When I said, A man is coming after me, but he is greater than I am, because he existed before I was born, I did not know who he would be, but I came baptizing with water, in order to make him known to the people of Israel. And John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from the heaven and stay on him. I still don't know that it was the one, but God who sent me to baptize with water, he said to me, you will see the Spirit come down and stay on the man. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen it, said John, and I will tell you that he is the Son of God, the first disciples of Jesus. The next day, John was standing there, again with two of his disciples, when he saw Jesus walking. There is the Lamb of God, he said. The two disciples heard him say, and they went with Jesus. Jesus turned, saw them falling, and asked, What are you looking for? They answered, Where do you live, Rabbi? This word means teacher. Come and see, he answered. 
It was then about four o'clock in the afternoon. So they went with him and saw where he lived and spent the rest of the day with him. One of them was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And once he found his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah. This word, this word means Christ. Then he took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Kephas. This is the same as Peter and means a rock. May God bless this reading of his holy word. It's easy to get John the Evangelist mixed up with John the Baptist, especially when we read a passage from John's Gospel that describes John the Baptist as an evangelist. But that is what we have read today. In last week's reading, you heard Matthew's version of the baptism of Jesus. This week, our story takes us to the day after Jesus was baptized. John the Baptist noticed Jesus walking past him and points out Jesus as a lamb of God to a handful of his own disciples. The title of Lamb of God only appears in John's Gospel and again in Revelation. Often we think of a lamb as a weak, vulnerable animal, ready for slaughter. This may be the impression we get of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. However, the Lamb of God is not something or someone independent from God. This Lamb reigns in heaven and will bring judgment on the wicked and secure salvation for the righteous. The Lamb was a significant symbol for the nation of Israel. A lamb represented the continual process of God rescuing his people from oppression. When the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, God told the people to take the blood of a lamb and spread it on their doorposts. When the death angel came through the land to kill the firstborn son, if it saw the lamb's blood on the doorstep, a doorpost, it would pass over the house and spare the child. Because of this story, the lamb became a symbol of God's faithfulness and deliverance. Jesus is the lamb of God. He shed his blood so that we could be forgiven of our sins. There is a subtle pattern that runs through the passage which Bob read to us. It gives us three simple actions that point people to Jesus. First, John the Baptist notices Jesus. Second, he shares his experience with his own disciples. Then John invites his disciples to follow their new teacher. Andrew and the other disciples notice Jesus. They share time with him. And then Andrew shares his experience with his brother, Simon. Finally, Andrew invites his brother to follow Christ. 
and Simon is changed. He becomes Simon Peter. In the passage, John, John points his own disciples to Jesus. John knew that he was not the one to come. John could be seen as playing the role of second fiddle to Jesus. I'm sure we can all relate to having played second fiddle to someone. Maybe that of a sibling, a peer, or a work colleague. In an orchestra, for example, one person cannot be the star of the show. An individual cannot play all the notes and cover all of the music. Others must provide harmony to make the composition of the music beautiful. We have, we have had many folks throughout the years preaching the gospel. For example, John Calvin, John Knox, Martin Luther King, Billy Graham. But they all have one thing in common. They could not and cannot reach everyone. Notice, share, invite. Why is it that we find it so hard to think of ourselves as evangelists? Why are we so afraid of spreading the good news to others? Maybe part of our fear comes from the fact that we don't notice God at work in our lives. Think about it for a moment. How have you experienced Christ? How have you noticed God working in you or in the life of the church? How has your life changed since you met Jesus? And if you don't see God in your life, why not? John saw Jesus and openly declared, Here comes the Lamb of God the one who takes away the sin of the entire world. That's quite a proclamation. But, Jesus had, but John had experienced something his disciples apparently had not, and he was eager to tell them about that experience. So John told them what he had seen. The Spirit of God coming down from heaven like a dove and resting on Jesus. John affirmed the identity of Jesus to these disciples. He said, I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. John noticed. He saw with his own eyes and he recognized what he saw. This was the Son of God the one he'd been waiting for, the one he'd been preparing for. In order to notice God at work among us, we have to be looking for it. As John's disciples went after Jesus, his first words to them were, what are you looking for? They had noticed Jesus, thanks to John, but his question must have brought them up short. What were they looking for? What did they really want to find? 
Jesus asks the same question later in his ministry. When John sends messengers to Jesus from his prison cell to ask, are you the one or should we look for another? After Jesus sends the messengers back to John with the words, go tell John what you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus goes on to ask the crowd, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? A prophet? In other words, what are you looking for? How do you see God working around you? If we are to find God, to notice God working around and among us, we need to know what we are looking for. The direction of our gaze is important. We may be looking in all the wrong places, noticing all the wrong things, and miss the kingdom of God if we, not, if we do not keep our focus on Jesus himself. Listening is paying attention to what you hear. There is sound all around us all the time. So we need to be careful about how we filter that sound. How we decide what needs our attention. The same is true as we look for God at work. We need to pay attention to what we see. God is at work now, just as he was when Jesus asked those disciples, what are you looking for? Their answer points to that second action, sharing. Where are you staying, teacher, they wanted to know. The day before, their allegiance had been to John the Baptist. But once he had shared what he had seen, when Jesus was revealed to him as a Lamb of God, there was no going back. John told them everything he had experienced, everything he knew about Jesus. Their response was a desire to know where Jesus was staying, where he was living, where they could count on finding him again and again. They wanted to share in the abiding with Jesus. Andrew found his brother and shared the news with Simon that we have found the Messiah. Andrew noticed then he shared. He told Simon his story just as John had told Andrew and the other disciples the story of recognizing Jesus as the Son of God. What would be our answer if we were asked, why are you a Christian? Maybe like me, you aren't ready to give an entire speech. But we do often have opportunities to share how God is working in our lives. Maybe we're nervous about sharing our faith stories because we've never done it. The only way to learn how to do something is to practice. When John the Baptist shared his story, he only needed a few sentences. When Andrew shared his, with his brother Simon, he only needed one. We have found the Messiah. It doesn't take very many words to tell someone about the one thing that excites you, 
the one reason you like to come to church or the one way you have noticed God working in your life. And when we share that good news, we want the person listening to us to come to be part of it too. That brings us to the third simple action, invitation. John the Baptist invited his own disciples to follow their new teacher when he pointed Jesus out to them. And he said, look, here is a lamb of God I was telling you about yesterday. When Jesus caught them following him and asked what they were looking for, Andrew and his friends asked, where are you staying? Jesus didn't tell them. He didn't bring it up on the Google Map app on his phone and show them how to get there. He just said, come and see. It was a little invitation, but it changed everything. Jesus invited them into his life and they followed him home. Then Andrew invited his brother to come and see the Messiah whom he had just met. And when Simon went with Andrew to meet Jesus, he was changed. He became Peter. It was a little invitation, but it changed everything. Christ invites us to invite others. It can be a little invitation. What is it about being part of this church that really gives you joy? Who do you know that might need some of that? Notice, share, invite. Jesus asks, what are you looking for? Are you looking for grace and forgiveness? Are you looking for eternal life? Are you looking for an abiding and deep connection with the God who created you just so he could love you? The disciples asked, where are you staying? Finding Jesus means finding the one we can depend on to remain with us, to stay with us, to share life and to change us through that experience. And together with Jesus, we can reach out to people who don't know him yet, people who are looking for Jesus, even if they aren't sure that God is the one they are seeking. And we can invite them to come and see Jesus at work among us, changing us, loving us, giving us life. Or maybe that person is you. Maybe you are the one looking for Jesus. Maybe you are the one who needs assurance that he is with you, that your sins are forgiven, that God loves you and invites you to become his own beloved child, to know the word who became flesh. Jesus invites us all to come and see. Will we accept his invitation? Amen. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, questions or thoughts about this week's sermon, then please do get in touch. We create this podcast at anchor.fm where you can leave us a voice message. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We post the audio of the whole service each week on our website. There are details of all of this in the show notes. If you're in the neighbourhood and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.